When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Right side for Drysaddle. McDavid's on the ice. Russell can't get it to him. He'll reset with 20 seconds to go. He gives it up for McDavid. He's got a breakaway. Pulls up centers. What time is He'll swing it out to the outside. And it is to the end zone. Touchdown Eskimos. With the touchdown, and the Eskimos take the lead with less than a minute to go. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 7.06. Really appreciated all the phone calls and text in the first uh, hour of the show. Uh, if you text it in, I, I, I lately I haven't read as many texts because I, I've decided to give priorities to callers uh, because it's talk radio and talking is, is a little better than just me reading all the time, though I do appreciate that you text. And, and I did try to get to a couple or at least summarize a couple of thoughts. Sometimes I'll just reply on our text line because we can just type a message back. So anyway, uh, I do appreciate everybody who uh, interacted or attempted to interact. You're all good people. Well, I hope so anyway. Oilers do play tomorrow. They will not be favored as they face the Nashville Predators. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey, Edmonton's furnace replacement experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 4.30 face-off show, 6 o'clock game start against the Nashville Predators. Game 3 of the five-game road trip. Game 4 is Friday against Arizona. Game 5 is Saturday with your likely eventual Stanley Cup champions, Vegas Golden Knights. I've decided to make a mid-season prediction, and I rarely do this, because A, if you listen, if the, the 14 of you who listen to the show know that I, I mock almost all predictions, including my own. Because really, how the heck do we know what's going to happen? So during the, during the preseason prediction show on Oilers Now... All I, my main goal was to make different predictions from Jack, Bob, and Brendan. So I picked for the Stanley Cup final Columbus over Minnesota, which I don't think is any dumber or smarter than anything else. Uh, Minnesota's not looking that great. I, I don't know. Columbus is pretty good. They got a good goalie if he gets, starts playing a little better. So whatever. I picked Columbus over Minnesota. I'll probably be wrong because most of my predictions are. So now I've decided, though, I'll make a mid-season prediction. Uh, Vegas over Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup. I'm just picking gotcha. Vegas. Why not? They keep winning. Like, they're in the top five in the league. That's not. It's no longer dumb to pick Vegas to be good. So I'm picking Vegas. My, my mid-season prediction, Sam G out there listening, or maybe <laughs> Brian S. is tuning in, or West End Ron, or Southside Rob, somebody on the text line, uh, the Big L, write that down. Uh, 708, January 8th, 
my mid-season prediction, Vegas over Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. And I all I ask is that if it's wrong, uh, throw those out. Throw it out. And if I'm right, then call in to Stoffer and remind Bob that I, that I nailed it. The league would love it. Because Bob, Bob still, <laughs> the first year L.A. won the Stanley Cup, he still claims he picked L.A. to win which he didn't. He picked them after the first round when they they'd beat Vancouver and there were only eight teams. Like, if you make a prediction every round, one of them will probably turn out to be right. Anyway, uh, Vegas over Tampa Bay. That's what I'm saying. A lot of people picked Team Canada to win the World Junior Hockey Tournament, and they did, led by Sherwood Park's Carter Hart in net. Carter, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Congratulations on the gold medal, man. What have the last few days been like? Thank you. It's uh, It's been pretty pretty crazy. I mean, um, just uh, all the congratulations that uh, I've been getting from people, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how much... Uh, how much it means to not only to us as players, but to the whole country as well. So now that you've been a part of it a couple of times, and you you just mentioned how much it means to the whole country, what does it feel like to be on that team? Can, can it be a little overwhelming? Do you have to take steps to make sure the pressure doesn't crush you? What's it like dealing with the hype and the expectations? Um, I think last year, <clears throat> excuse me, last year, having that been my first time on the team, um, I didn't know exactly what to expect and how much hype people actually put on the World Juniors and how much expectation they put on the Team Canada. And um, I think learning from last year's experience and, and kind of using that experience to this this World Juniors, this past World Juniors, um, definitely helped me a lot um, because I, def- I knew kind of what to expect coming in. I, I knew um, like how how much pressure I mean Canada puts on uh, Team Canada but I think the, the biggest thing is is how much pressure you put on yourself and and really the only pressure there is is the pressure that you put on yourself so um, for me and for our team I think we did a really good job of kind of separating ourselves from media our social media um, kind of other people and just kind of sticking to our own thing and sticking to um, staying together and, and not worrying about anything else where did the leadership for that focus come from? Does it does it have to come from the coaches or, or guys like you who were there last year? Who sort of sets the tone with that focus? Yeah, it kind of both um, kind of sets in with the coaches kind of come in and, and they, they, uh, they, they kind of tell us um, just the runaround of, of how the tournament works. And um, for, for new players to the tournament or guys who haven't been there before, um, we're definitely guys as returnees, uh, returners um, that can help those guys if they ever need anything, and, and uh, that's what we did. And, and um, I think for us, the biggest thing was kind of just, like I said, sticking to ourselves. And I know we're, we're the coaches, and, the coaches and the staff do a pretty good job of isolating us and from kind of everyone else, and and uh, just kind of I think that helps build our bond together as a team and kind of brings us closer together. Carter Hart joining us on Inside Sports, gold medal goalie with the Canadian World Junior Team. I, I, I actually interviewed Sam Steele yesterday, and I'm going to ask you the, the same question I asked him about the outdoor game in, in the football stadium. Sure. I mean, was the I know it was uh, an incredible experience, I'm sure, but I was watching it, and I'm like, man, are, are the conditions borderline dangerous? What was, like, what was it like playing in that? Were the conditions a, a distraction? 
Um, I wouldn't really say they're, they're a distraction. I think at that point um, in the tournaments, we were kind of just so dialed in and so ready to go that um, we were kind of ready for whatever was being thrown at thrown our way and and we kind of knew that the weather wasn't going to be great and that the weather wasn't going to be on our side but um i mean that's kind of out of our control and we just kind of had to worry about what what was in our control and just kind of do the best we could with with uh, the conditions that uh, were there did you have to alter anything about your movement or positioning or anything technical because of the ice and because of the the different visual of it being in such a larger stadium um, I think at first, the biggest thing was when I first got out there for warm-ups uh, was kind of the depth perception for me because everyone's so far away, all the stands are far away, and it kind of seems like everything is kind of pressured in on you. But um, to me, it, it felt like they were just playing like shinny hockey. It was it was like, it felt like we were playing shinny hockey back in the day on the outdoor rink. It was pretty cool just to kind of be out there in that environment and, and uh, be playing for your country and, and a pretty important game. Um, so I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Carter, something about you was talked about a lot during the tournament, including on my talk shows. I interviewed uh, former NHL players about it, and that was your unwillingness to leave the ice until every other player had left. Um, I, oh, <laughs> okay, so, you, well, do you just want to jump in? And before you, I think you know what I'm going to ask, and probably you've heard, yeah. you, you've probably heard some of the, the criticism or comments about it. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've heard a lot of things. Um, some good, some bad, but um, I think just kind of moving forward, I kind of realize now that it's kind of part of my game that's kind of, Silly, I guess you could say. I mean, it's something I've been doing for a while, but it's something that it's not going to affect me as a goaltender moving down, like like moving down in the future. Um, it's not something that's going to make me play better. I think it's kind of just all in my head. And I read an article. I think Freddie they interviewed the Maple Police about it, and they interviewed Freddie Freddie Anderson, and he said the same thing. He's like, like if it's um, if it's not really going to help you play better or anything, so um, like. And I think James Van Riemsdyk said something about it. When you come to the NHL, um, guys are looking to throw off goalies and, and they're trying to find any edge they can. So I think uh, when you get to the NHL, you said that it's kind of superstitions and that kind of go by the wayside because the game is tough enough as it is. You don't need other stuff like that uh, distracting you. Okay, cool. Thanks for answering that. The gold medal game, a tense one. 1-1, one, one, you guys get the winner late in the third just, I mean, for those of us who aren't going to experience that, just what's it like playing in a game of that magnitude with that tension? I know we talked a little bit about dealing with pressure and uh, and expectations, but how dialed in did you feel, and what was the feeling like when the clock ran down? Um, yeah, no, I, I actually felt really good during the game. I felt pretty focused, and um, I kind of was just taking things shot by shot, and just trying to stay in the moment. I think that's what kind of keep me kept me grounded and uh, was just staying in the moment and, and uh, just worrying about what I can control. And I know when we scored that goal and when Steiner scored that goal with a minute something left, um, my whole body started like shaking. It was I had to take a couple of deep breaths to kind of calm myself down because I was so so excited. And, um, and then when he scored that goal, I knew that we were going to win that tournament, and it uh, it was just incredible. All right, so you reach such a big high, and now you still got to grind ahead of you, right? Because you're right back in the into the WHL season. Tell us when you're rejoining Everett and how you refocus now on going from a short tournament back to this long grind of a season. 
Yeah, I joined back with the team on Thursday there, and we have a uh, three and three coming up this weekend. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So a little bit of a different three and three, but um, yeah, we have a busy schedule coming up uh, in Everett. So I think now, now that the World Juniors are over, it's um, kind of time to put that behind us. And I'll, it's nice to get a couple of days at home to kind of relax and celebrate with my family and friends, and and just enjoy some downtime with them. And um, but once that's over, once I uh, get back to Everett, then it's kind of time to get back to work. Right on. Well, we look forward to following you for the rest of the season. Again, Carter, congratulations. Uh, I know fans are really happy for you and to hear from you tonight. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. That is Carter Hart, Everett Silvertips, Sherwood Park kid, world junior gold medalist with Team Canada, his second term on the team. So he gets a silver last year, gold this year. And interesting, he said maybe it's time to move on from the routine of trying to be the last player off the ice after periods. Uh, certainly that was something that uh, was talked about on this show and others as well. Alright, it is 7-18. Great to talk to Carter. 3 nothing. Georgia leading Alabama four minutes into the second quarter. That's the uh, NCAA football national championship game. Oh, DeAnthony Batiste was in studio on Friday. Always great to talk to the big Eskimos offensive lineman. We did our uh, NFL picks for the weekend. He went 3-1. and one. I went 2-2. Two and two. Speaking of predictions, uh, I was happy not to get obliterated to still be in there against DeAnthony. Uh, so that was pretty fun. But there was a, that, I didn't see, I did, because of the Oilers uh, schedule this weekend, and then I went to Ukrainian Christmas Eve to my cousin's Saturday night, I didn't get to see a lot of NFL football actually this weekend. Um, and I've definitely heard I did not miss much yesterday morning in the 10-3 game, Jacksonville over Buffalo. 7-18, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30, Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chet. There you go. Take it easy by Andy Taylor after his Duran Duran career. Now, this was after Power Station as well, right? I I can't remember. Johnny Manziel's agent has given the Hamilton Tiger Cats until January 31st to sign the former Heisman Trophy winner. Reports that they are looking for half a million dollars for the young man, who could be very good. It could also blow up in his face. John Herdman, longtime coach of the Canadian women's soccer team. He's led them to back-to-back Olympic bronze medals. Now taking over the Canadian men's program. I will applaud on air for anybody who can text in who John Herdman is replacing. We sh- I should have thought of this and had a prize. I won't have a prize. I'll just like physically clap into the microphone and compliment you. Who is John Herdman replacing as the coach of the Canadian men's soccer team? I'm sure somebody listening knows. Uh, Men's soccer team is ranked 94th in the world, which is higher than I thought they were. I should be more supportive of the Canadian men's soccer team, but it's not one of my favorite sports to watch, not going to lie to you. All right. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630, Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Toronto is leading Columbus 2-0. Four minutes left in the third period. Nylander and Van Riemsdyk have the goals. 
that is the only game in the NHL. The Oilers will play tomorrow at Nashville. Peter Shirelli doing several interviews over the last 24 hours as the Oilers deal with a horrific slump that has seen them score three goals in their last five games and uh, win only once in their last seven games. They're 18-22-3 on the season. Here's part of what Shirelli said to Bob Stoffer earlier today. Well, we're, we're just over halfway. Um, we had reached a point where uh, we were striving for a Christmas to get to 500 and we were hoping to build off of that and unfortunately we haven't. <clears throat> um, there was a lot of improvement up to that point and we've taken a, a dip and obviously there's some areas that are, are, are focal points in, in the public and, and then obviously we can see too the, the special teams uh, scoring, even strength scoring. It seems that when one area is fixed, another area becomes uh, delinquent. So we're, we're, we're in a tough spot, Bob. Um, we're, we're in a period of evaluation, um, and uh, it's not where we wanted to be. The expectations were, and, and frankly, I've said this a few times about expectations, and it's been a challenge, and it's been a challenge for us all year. Uh, there's nothing we could have done to change expectations, but um, we've been trying to manage them, and we've and we've we, we. It's part of the reason why we're at where we're at. We haven't managed them well enough, and that, that's a reflection on everybody. So we're not we're not in a good spot here, and and we're we're looking at a number of different things. I can I can tell you assuredly that uh, I have full confidence in our coach. Um, he's uh, he's a forward-looking. Uh, professional, um, he, he's 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 in sync with us as far as the the overall plan going forward, uh, and um, you know. But there's 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 areas that we have to look at closely, and, and we're in the midst of doing that. Okay. I don't know if that came through. That clapping is for Eve, one of three people to text in the name of the outgoing Canadian soccer coach for the men's team. Octavio Zambrano is out. John Herdman is in. By the way, that full Shirelli interview and more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com, obviously on the Oilers page. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring Stu Grimson onto the show after the break. You can text 630-630. Rob says, Reed, if Johnny Manziel can stay clean, he could possibly be the next Doug Flutie. You know what? I, I can't argue with that. There is that, that possibility. Yeah, incredible athlete. Canadian game could, could suit his skill set if he can just focus on playing football and being a good team. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Oh yeah, track six from Hysteria. I originally had the tape, I'm sure like many of you. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. National Championship game, Georgia up 6-0 on Alabama. Four minutes left in the first half. Not a lot of scoring there. How about this? The Columbus Blue Jackets, two goals in the last five minutes to tie it in Toronto. It is now 2-2 
in overtime. That's the only game in the NHL tonight. Much busier day tomorrow, including the Oilers at the Predators. Our next guest ended his career as a Nashville Predator in 01-02. Stu Grimson bouncing on with us now. Hey, Stu, you're on with Reed. How's life? Reed, life is good. Life is good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Glad to be a part of the show. Where else would I get uh, you know, on-point advertising on the market where I could get my canola? Only, <laughs> only in Edmonton, Alberta. That's right. We, we definitely have some uh, regional-specific advertising which which is great I, I you know i've i was here's the thing people will say well where are you born i was born in kitchener waterloo but my family moved to alberta when i was uh, a year and a half so despite the ontario on my birth certificate uh i'm a yeah. proud western canadian uh, lived in alberta pretty much all my life and uh i i just i i think there are some uh i mean we're all canadian but i think there are some unique characteristics or qualities to different parts of the country, and I and I really think you know people here they uh, appreciate hard work and honesty and uh, politeness, and we're we do we are a bit of a big small town in Edmonton. Now that I've been to some bigger cities, yeah. I can see why people say that. Well, I'm always happy to be on with you. It takes me back to my roots. I mean, I you and I have a a, a similar background, very similar. I was. Born in Vancouver, raised uh, most of my life in Vancouver, or actually I should say around the BC interior. But my mom grew up on a dairy farm in Leduc, Alberta, and my teen years, most of my teen years, were spent uh, working on Uncle Marv's farm back in Leduc, Alberta. So I, I know the area well, and uh, I'll tell you, that's uh, it's probably where I got my best and most lasting lesson in what hard work is all about. Now, is Uncle Marv still with us, or does the family still have that farm? Oh, Uncle Marv is blowing and going. He's, uh, uh, it's no longer dairy animals. Uh, they're down to mostly, uh, mostly growth crops, and uh, I believe they're sold out of beef cattle altogether as well. Not, well, that I we did never we we do this a couple times a year. We, this is awesome. We never discussed you. So would you? So you're working on the on the farm in the summer, helping the the relatives. Uh, were you one of the kids though you, that you'd do a week or two uh, hockey school, or did you hang up the skates for the summer? No, I I hung up the skates for the summer altogether. I uh, I spent probably once school was out. Uh, you know, come early, yeah, probably late June. Uh, I was back there for July, August. Uh, I was back there for a solid two months. Um, again, you know, during my teen years, so uh, it was it was a good block of time to be on the farm. Uh, it was. I'll tell you what, you put in an honest day. You know what? You know uh, the feeling of true peace and contentment when you put your head down on the pillow at night. Uh, you, you earn the night's rest. Well, I know a lot of people appreciate you telling that story, Stu. Thanks, uh, thanks for doing that. You, uh, you obviously uh, were in the Predators booth, and now you're NHL Network, right? But I still wanted to bring you on to talk yeah, about moved, the Preds. I've moved over to the national platform. I'm on, uh, I'm on NHL Network, uh, but still make my home here in Nashville. So I. Uh, I follow the team pretty closely. Well, and the team's still pretty good, and they have been for little over a calendar year because obviously they didn't start the year that well last year. Big rally, Stanley Cup final, mm-hmm. close to winning it all. 
and uh, just three points behind Winnipeg for first in in the Central Division. Give it, give us a sense of how you see the the Predators this season. I know obviously Forsberg is uh, is out, but they're I mean the Oilers obviously had a big drop off and didn't meet the expectations, but the Predators have been able right. to really take advantage of last year. Yeah, I think so, and I think last year you know really has played a significant role in the maturation of uh, of individual players on this team. And I think the group as a whole, you know what it's like, anytime you can kind of keep a core together uh, from one year to the next, that experience, that familiarity with one another, and especially when you can do it with the same coach, um, I I think it really weighs in your favor. Now, for the Preds, you know, I I think there was, um, even internally, it, it raised the expectation or the awareness for how special a group they have when they kind of marched all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. I think that um, that certainly has played a, an important role in uh, the way they've started this year. The, uh, you know, the way they've played through really the balance of the schedule. I'm, I'm with you. Forsberg, that's, uh, he's an important factor. The challenge for the Predators has always been their ability to generate offense up front, specifically from the forward department. And I don't know if there's a forward that's as dynamic and as important as Philip Forsberg. You know, we're fond of saying here in Nashville, he's one of the few guys really on the roster that's capable of generating offense uh, on his own. Uh, there aren't a lot of players in the league that can do that. Um, Philip is, is gifted in a lot of ways. So they'll miss him in the time that he's out. They're, you know, they're, they're struggling to find the combinations that work. Um, night to night, but fortunately, if, if things go as uh, projected, you know, they should get them back within a four to six week window here, and they, uh, they ought to, you know, they ought to pick up right where they left off. Yeah, well, you and I, I love how you kind of talk about because you kind of incorporated the history of the Predators, and it actually, I mean, they were an expansion team. It didn't take them that long to get competitive or even good but they could never be great because they kind of had a good goalie and good defense, but it was always like, who's going to score, right? You can't always win a game 2-1 in in the playoffs because you're going to match up against tougher teams. But now they have the scoring, and Kyle Turris as well has been uh, what an addition. Tell us kind of where he's been playing and how he's been doing. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and I think that's probably the the signature transaction for, for this season, at least to this point. You know, in the absence of Mike Fisher, with Fisher retiring, it's a hard thing to do to replace a number two center, especially one that played as well-rounded a game as Mike Fisher did, and a guy that really was an important voice in that locker room. Uh, David Poyle realized quite quickly that, um, you know, no matter who you tried to position in that 2C spot, uh, it you know, it just wasn't filling the void. And uh, tourists became available. The deal was 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 executed and uh, even I underestimated the impact that Kyle Turris was ha- has, has had and I think it really is to your point the you know the single most important feature this team has always had solid goaltending um, it, it boasts probably the brightest and one of the youngest defense cores in all the NHL you've really got no concerns there because they defend well and they're able to contribute on the offensive side but to win in this league, you've got to score with regularity. You've got to be dangerous up front. They weren't, I don't think, before Turris arrived, 
And I really do feel that with the addition of tourists, they've been able to to rekindle a lot of that. Um, you know, they've got solid balance across three, even four forward lines, and that's what it takes to be successful in this league. Stu Grimson from the NHL Network joining us, talking a little bit about the Nashville Predators. And, Stu, you played 729 games in the NHL, so I don't have to go back and look at the game logs for all your seasons to know at some point you played on a team that went through an extended slump and maybe some self-doubt crept uh, into their minds. And and I think that's uh, part of what the Oilers are are going through, I think there's some doubt. And I just know when I watched them last year, if they gave up the first goal, I'd feel like, well, big deal. They're going to get the next one. Or they got 50 minutes to tie it up. Now when they're scored on first, I often think, oh, no, how bad is this going to get? You've been through tough experiences as a player. Uh, How devastating can that doubt be, and how do you fight through it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It really does. uh, And I, you know, to... You know, validate your point. Um, I, I was a part of uh, a number of clubs like that. Fortunately, not too many like that. But um, it's it's hard being in a situation where you've kind of spotted the rest of your conference. You know, seven or eight points uh, just in terms of making the playoff cutoff line, and that's exactly where Edmonton is today. Still half the season left to play. Um, you know, still an All Star break. Still a uh, uh, a week-long buy to kind of um, use to, to to reposition, to rethink, to to, uh, to 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 work on some of the elements of your game, or at least to to you know recenter yourself and and come back. Uh, um, hopefully, a renewed club. But um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think the point you're making, and I would agree with it. Uh, having worked through the first half of the year and experience some of the things that the Edmonton Oilers have, uh, that lack of consistency, that inability to come back, it starts to wear on uh, the collective confidence of the group. It makes you a little more fragile. So um, as desperate as that may sound, um, all it really takes, and we talk about as players, when it gets like that, you've got to just narrow the focus. You don't worry about winning one game or the next game, certainly, you have to kind of narrow the focus down to really as specific as do something positive your next shift, win that next battle, let's get it going in the right direction, and let's give ourselves something to build on, something to rally around. And then before you know it, hey, you put together a little two-game, a little three-game streak, and um, you can start to add to that. Uh, to, to do that, it takes a, um, a good amount of talent in the room, and I know the Oilers have it. To do that, it takes uh, it takes some it takes some leadership and some experience. And I really do believe the Edmonton Oilers have all those elements. These were the elements that allowed them to have, I think, a season last year that really exceeded the expectations of everybody in and around this team. They're capable of it again. Um, it, it will be a big lift, but they're they're capable of getting it going in the right direction. Stu, I got to finish off with this one. Your, uh, you said you uh, you remained in Nashville, uh, even though you're with the NHL Network now. Uh, I assume the Predators uh, are probably, for at least the next week or two, going to have to settle for uh, also-run status in the coverage behind the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> Just a bit, true. eh? <laughs> I think that's very true. But you know what? It's, Nashville is a great sports town. 
and, and that's the thing that I think has been really interesting uh, over the course of the last couple of years. You know, the Preds have really risen to, uh, you might argue that this is the, uh, the, the top dog in town where, where, you know, the professional sports scene is concerned. And that's strange for a major American city because football is, it really reigns supreme down here on the south side of the border. But the interesting dynamic they have going on here is, um, you know, between the two teams, uh, whether it's marketing operations or the players themselves, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, mutual respect that goes on. And, again, the other point I'm trying to make is that uh, between these two teams and in this town, there's, uh, you know, there's there's lots of market share. There's uh, there's a healthy appetite for sports. It's a great sports town, so there's plenty of opportunity for for two teams to have their their day in the sunshine, so to speak. And for this uh, for this moment, it certainly is the, the Tennessee Titans because the one thing the one thing uh, Tennessee sports fans realize is that uh, the playoffs, whether it's the NHL or the NFL, it's it's an, it's a really exciting time of year and. The uh, the Titans, I, I think, kind of turned some heads in the first round here, knocking off Kansas City. Yeah, for sure. Stu, I love having you on the show. Thanks for sharing some of your memories of Leduc and for letting us know what's going on with the Predators. Hope to talk to you again soon, buddy. Sounds great. Hang on to my number. Glad to come on. Right on. That is Stu Grimson checking in tonight from the NHL Network. Always enjoy talking to him. That is some good stuff. And, uh, yeah. Speaking about the NFL playoffs, what's Kansas City at now? Six straight home playoff losses going back to the 90s. I think three of those years they were 13-3. and three. Couldn't get it done. So that was a, another playoff disappointment for head coach uh, Andy Reid. Used to be with the Eagles, now with the Chiefs. It is 7.48 inside sports on 6.30. Ched, taking you to the finish line when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So Columbus, big rally in overtime. Artemi Panarin gets the game winner at 3-11, his 11th of the season. And what happened here was Toronto was up 2-0 late in the third period. Schroeder scored at 15:25. Dubois scored at 17:13, and then the Jackets win in overtime. So Toronto looked like they had a regulation win, maybe even a shutout, and Columbus storms back to steal that game. That was the only game in the NHL tonight that American College Football Championship game. Georgia just got a touchdown. Seven seconds left in the first half. It is 13-0, Georgia leading Alabama. Hey, remember that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates for Northern Chicken. Enjoy down south comfort food, music, and southern hospitality in the Rumpus Room at Northern Chicken, 10704, 124th Street. You can get some good, good food there. Okay, 752. A little bit more from Peter Shirelli's interview with Bob Stoffer. Peter, do you think it's fair to say maybe the Oilers, I mean, the team went 12-2 and down the stretch last year to finish with 47 wins and 103 points. Um, it's, it's, you mentioned death by a 1,000 cuts through the first 20 or so, so games this year because I don't think you can pinpoint one thing with what's gone wrong this season. To me, it's been a combination of factors. Would it be fair to say maybe the team wasn't quite as good as they ultimately ended up 
standings-wise last year, but conversely, maybe the team isn't as bad as it appears right now standing-wise? Is, or is that too simplified? Well, no, that, that's part of it. And that, that happens quite a bit, Bob. And and you have to, that's, it's almost like, it's almost another example of that is when you project out on your lineup uh, when you've been eliminated or you're close elimination from the playoffs and you have that, it's called garbage time. You have real good right. performances during garbage time. you got to be careful when you project out based on that. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a similar situation like um, to what your what your point is, is that we may, we may not have been as good as, as we thought we were or what people thought we were. Having said that, um, you know, that we... we we did have performances in the playoffs that would would indicate otherwise too. So, so, um, but you know, there's 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 times there's places um, where teams uh, show their medal. Uh, we did last year at the point you're referencing to. Um, but you know, there's also a number of examples, and I've been part of this in the past, where th- those teams that have had those successes. Um, in, in, in their growth curve and the next year they don't make it and there's reasons why they don't make it and then it's, it's part of, it's almost like a, a, a stock the way it goes up and down but it's still trending up that, that's the way I look at it a bit I, look, I'm really disappointed where we're at I'm really disappointed I know the fans are disappointed I know they're clamoring for change um, and when we're looking at a lot of different things but um, this is part of a grander plan and I have to stick to, to what we've got put in place, and um, uh, and it, 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 we're not going to do anything rash to to, to to deviate from that plan. But I, I, I see what everyone else sees. All right, Peter Shirelli, obviously disappointed. Interesting reference to a grander plan that I don't think this was foreseen to be a stage in that plan. Uh, said he doesn't want to do anything rash. I think tearing the team apart would be excessive. He said in another interview today that he hasn't decided yet what the approach will be at the trade deadline. Uh, so there we go. And he has uh, stood, uh, said he's standing pretty strongly be- beside Todd McClellan, who I think should remain, hopefully for a long time, as the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to broadcast an Oilers game tomorrow. They're going to face the very strong Nashville Predators, though not quite as strong, still strong, but not quite as strong without Philip Forsberg in the lineup. You heard uh, Stu Grimson talking about his impact, that he's the one Predators player who can really create offense on his own. We're going to have that game for you at 4.30 with the face-off show on 6.30, Ched, and the game will start at 6. Uh, I would expect we're going to see Al Montoya start one of the three games remaining on this road trip. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow. I think, well, well, you never know, but I I would guess more likely Friday in Arizona. But we'll see. It's been a tough ride for Talbot lately as well. Thanks to our guests tonight. You heard from Stu Grimson and Carter Hart, World Junior Gold Medal goalie. And thanks to everybody who called in and texted tonight. Really appreciate you sharing your thoughts on the Oilers. Thank you to Kellen Kennedy. He is our studio producer this evening. You can always sign up for the podcast to Inside Sports. Look for it on iTunes or go to 630ched.com to the Inside Sports page. My name is Reed Wilkins. We're coming up to the 8 o'clock news. Adler is next. I'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night. Girl back in junior high school. Nobody 
6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.